Hi friends, welcome to I Am Epiphany, where my guests and I share the epiphanies that come from our personal journeys. You will get to hear my thoughts on a wide range of topics from pop culture to social justice issues to simply navigating life as a Black millennial. This is season two. I am your creator and host, author and speaker, Bethany Epiphany, and it is my pleasure to welcome you back. Hey, cool cats and kittens. That's a reference to the Tiger King on Netflix. By the way, if you have yet to see Tiger King, like, what are you waiting for? But like, you have to see it. But anyways, hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's your girl, Bethany Epiphany. I'm back in these podcast streets. Before we begin, I would like to say thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. My birthday was on April 17th, and I was not enthusiastic about my birthday. I feel really bad for saying that. I feel bad that I felt bad. I feel bad that I wasn't as joyous as I would have hoped to have been. But you all know that I'm very transparent, and that's just honestly what I was feeling. It was one of those I have yet to reach or I have reached another year in my life and what am I doing with my life type of moments. So it's something that I'm still working through in therapy. Shout out to my therapist, but I am feeling better than I did before. So I'm focusing on that. Overall, I've just been prioritizing my health. I've been prioritizing my health and that's been going well. I've been prioritizing my mental, physical, emotional health, uh, which is another reason why I had to take a step back from the podcast and not have something out every single week and instead just keeping it twice um, a month or every other uh, Monday, just because I had so much on my plate. And, um, And speaking of plates, I've also been monitoring my diet and the things that I'm eating, not eating a whole lot of meat, really no meat except for fish. And just seeing how that impacts me physically, because I do believe that the foods that we eat impact our mood. Um, They definitely impact you or impact me in regards to, you know, my womanly cycle and how that, you know, how I navigate through that for sure. But I think my changing my diet has definitely had an impact for sure. So I feel like things are moving in the right direction, in a better direction. So I'm happy about that. Um, My goal was to also take a break from social media, which was okay. And you know how some people are like, you know, oh, I took a break from my social media and it changed my life. Like I'm never going back, blase, blase. Listen, okay, that was not my ministry, okay? <laughs> like I, I miss my Instagram. I miss making IG stories and playing with silly filters. I missed the connection. Like I felt more disconnected without social media. Granted, I think it is nice to take a break because 
when you are constantly trying to think about content and ideas to post, that can be very frustrating and you can have a lot of self-imposed pressure to, you know, constantly create content. And so it's nice to take a break from that. But on the other hand, I did feel like I was out of the loop because one way I stay in tune with what's going on is through social media. Um, so it it was cool. It was it was it was cool. Um, but I'll be making my way back to Instagram gradually. And it's really the only social media that I have, like in, aside from Facebook. Um, so yeah, I'll be making my way back. Let's see what else has been going on. Um, I got my first vaccine shot. I got Pfizer. Listen, child, I held off as long as I could. Okay. Like I'm not an anti-vaccine person. If you live in America and you go to school, you've been vaccinated, right? You've been immunized, like you get a shot, right? So I'm not anti-vaccine. I think my concern was how fast I felt the vaccine was made. And I'm like, how effective is this going to be? What are the possible symptoms or what have you? So I was waiting to see how the vaccine rollout was going to play out. I wanted to wait and hear from those who had received the vaccine and hear their feedback and anything that they experienced with their body. So I was waiting. I was observing. I was listening. I was reading. You know, I'm not just about to hop on in there and let you just shoot me up with something. But um, I, I got the information that I needed. And I got mine and the process was very smooth. My arm was sore for a couple of days, but that was about it. Um, but we'll see what that second shot is like. I hear that the second shot is what is what gets you. So I need to prepare for that one. Um, here in Cali, they are loosening the restrictions. We'll see how that goes. Things are slowly starting to open up. Um, actually, I guess more quickly, schools are starting to open up. I'm still wearing my mask and keeping my distance because I don't know y'all like that. Okay. Um, and of course, we all know about how India has been hit really hard. So my thoughts and prayers go out to them for sure. It's devastating what is happening. Um, speaking of devastation, rest in peace to DMX and Black Rob, like, their death just speaks to the dangers of drugs and the dangers of the music industry. DMX had been fighting his drug addiction for a long time, and Black Rob had a series of health complications that was expensive to treat. And here you have two Black artists who helped to make the music industry rich off of their work, their passion, their music, and they never got what they deserved in return in terms of financial compensation or credit, really. And Puff Daddy signed Black Rob. Diddy is dirty, okay? Puff Daddy, he is dirty. Like most of his artists, he leaves broke and forgotten. Like think of all the artists that Diddy has worked with over the years. How many of them actually made it? How many of them are financially stable? How many of them are happy or really at peace right now? How many of them can say they were treated fairly by Diddy? 
It's infuriating how much artists, especially black artists and musicians give and how much they create culture to receive nothing back. They don't even own what they create. Like as musicians, they don't even own the songs that they put their blood, sweat and tears into performing. It's even more disappointing when it's your own people who do you wrong. And speaking of your own people, let's let's talk about Kamala. Let's get to it, okay? Because she has irked my nerves. So Joe Biden gave his State of the Union address where he spoke about his first 100 days in office, what he has done, what he would like to get done, etc. After the address, Tim Scott delivers the Republican response. Considering the racial tension, which has always existed, um, but considering the racial tension of last year coming into, into this year, the Republicans were intentional about picking Tim Scott to speak because Tim Scott is a black man. Tim stood there and said that America is not a racist country. This remark did not surprise me considering who Tim is. And his speech was very contradictory. In one breath, he says America is not racist. And then in the next breath, he says that he too has experienced prejudice. So which is it, Tim? Which is it? But what really shocked and disappointed me was Kamala's response. During an interview where the question was brought up, Kamala fixed her lips to say, that she did not think America is a racist country. She said, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we do have to acknowledge white supremacy and blah, blah, blah. I said, girl, what? Girl, what are you saying, Kamala? What are you saying, sis? I was so disturbed. She pulled a Tim Scott. She's over here playing politics, trying to walk a fine line, trying not to offend the other side. And she ended up looking like a straight fool. Either America is racist or not. Either white supremacy exists or it does not. Like the contradictory, the contradiction in what she was saying, it was just like, come on, girl, come on. Like, why would you fix your lips to say that? America is a racist country. It was founded upon racism. To deny this historical fact is a slap in the face to our ancestors, to those who are murdered in the streets on a daily basis by police officers. It's a slap in the face to our everyday existence as Black people in this country. Come on, Kamala. Come on, girl. And she knows that that was some BS. Kamala attended Howard University, a historically black university. She is an AKA, which is a black sorority. Kamala knows the history of this country like we all do. Her comments were embarrassing and hurtful, especially considering how black people championed her and supported her as she became this VP girl. Stop. She lost major cool points with me, bro. Like I was so disappointed that she said that. Out of all the ways she could have answered that question, that's what you decide to say. 
Like just stop playing politics and just say the truth. Why is it so hard for us to speak the truth about this country? We are so nervous about pushback from white people. Why are we so considerate of their hurt feelings? The truth hurts, but it must be confronted. Denying the truth doesn't solve the problem. We would rather protect white people from the reality of the pain their community continues to cause than tell the truth. Why? Change does not come without acknowledgement of the problem. Until they acknowledge it and take steps to rectify it, it will continue to be a problem. And the problem is that white America does not want to change. Their conscience like lays dormant, which is why America is and continues to be a racist country. Chile, we're going to take a little break real quick. You know, we gonna, I'm going to take a beat, grab some water, and I'm going to be right back. So, my epiphany this week was sparked by the fact that it's Mother's Day next Sunday. Y'all know how much I love my mama. Shout out to Flo. Hey, mom. But recent reports show that many Americans are not becoming parents. There have been recent reports of the low birth rate in America, the lowest it's been in 32 years, maybe 35 years. The fear of a declining population is its effect on the economy. But this is a global trend. Countries like Britain, Canada, France, Australia, they all had low birth rates as well. They were expecting a baby boom, but what they got was a baby bust. And there have been conversations as to why this is. I would like to offer my thoughts to this conversation per usual. First, I will speak as a millennial. Number one, life is too expensive for a child. Point blank period. In the past, America made it easier for people, white people, to purchase homes and begin their families. But that is not the reality now. Everything is so expensive. The cost of living is ridiculous, especially here in Los Angeles, from rent to food to Gas for my car, utilities, life insurance, like having a family is costly. Why would anyone be enthusiastic about bringing children into the world that they cannot afford? Number two, America has not provided the resources necessary to help raise a child. Childbearing is, or excuse me, child rearing is not a priority in this country. It is not written into our policies or built into our infrastructure as a society. Children have been the sole responsibility of women. If a woman gets pregnant, she might get demoted or possibly lose her job. If she doesn't lose her job, she is not guaranteed maternity maternity leave. And if she is, it's only for maybe six weeks. Mothers are forced back into the workforce while their child is an infant. 
in order to support that infant. But who watches that infant while the parents are at work? Childcare is ridiculous and takes a big portion of a parent's check. It's robbery. There is no universal preschool, no universal childcare, no postpartum care for women, no nurse help for new moms for when they come home from the hospital. There is nothing. Again, why would anyone be enthusiastic? Why would women be enthusiastic about bringing a child under those circumstances? Number three. America has one of the highest maternal mortality rates for a developed nation. That maternal mortality rate is even higher for Black women. And why is that? There has clearly been public neglect when it comes to studying and understanding women's bodies, which leads to the treatment they receive before, during, and after labor. If women cannot safely carry life into the world, why would they do it? Dying while giving birth would not be appealing to any woman. Number four, motherhood is a blessing, but women want their lives to be about more than just motherhood. Women are focused on educating themselves, creating businesses, building the careers that they want building something for themselves before they are parents. And I that's fair. Women are breaking away from the traditional role of just being a wife and mother that in the past left them hampered in their growth. They were denied the opportunity to explore and grow their passions, wanting to do more, but not being able to. And women are changing that. Number five. Student loans. Need I say more? Need I say say more? Like Naviant wants her money. Student loan debt is off the chain. So I have the weight of the cost of living with no child rearing resources. And I have to pay off the student loan for a degree that is not helping me make the money you promised me that I would make. Go away. Number six, contraception. Listen, the best type of contraception is working with kids. I say this as someone who has worked with kids. Listen, I love my students. I really, really do. I love connecting with them. But it can put things into perspective as to what you may have to navigate through as a parent. And it will put baby making on pause, at least for me. Outside of working with kids, we now have medical contraception uh, that we need to prevent pregnancy until we are ready, right? And again, I feel like that is something that we should have, right? It is our right to carry or not carry a child at a time that we deem to be the right time. So, hey, It is what it is. Number seven, the pandemic. This year has been heavy, scary, and uncertain. People have lost their stability financially, emotionally, and mentally. People have lost their lives. 
There is not enough next Netflix and chill in the world to make me or many other women bring a child into the mess we are currently navigating out of. Writer Liz Lin, Liz Linz uh, said it best in her article entitled, The Pandemic is Breaking Women and Now We Have to Have Babies Go to Hell. I'm reading her an excerpt from her article. She writes, now with no schools, no daycare, no social support, and probably no job, since this recession is hurting women specifically, plus all of this stress and living in a house with a partner who statistically isn't doing his share of the housework or Zoom school, now women are supposed to just suddenly feel in the mood to have babies because America's tax base is eroding? Go to hell. Go specifically to the hell that American women live in, where year after year, we have to watch the theater of American politics debate our right to access medically necessary health care and create laws for our bodies based not on science, but on a need for control. I love the absolute gall of the lead of the NBC story, which reads, forcing couples to shack up for months with nowhere to go and only so many Netflix shows to watch may seem like the perfect recipe for a coronavirus baby boom. To whom does it seem like the perfect recipe, sir? To whom? We are locked inside and have to hear each other chew every single freaking day and now you're gonna add chronic sleeplessness and diapers? Have you met a baby? Additionally, Absolutely nothing about America puts women in a baby-making mood. America as a place to procreate is about as sexy as a bed of nails. And each nail has been personally sneezed on by Mitch McConnell. Year after year, we have to watch men stand up in our halls of Congress or state capitals and argue that we shouldn't be able to decide what to do with our uteri. When it comes down to women's bodies, Policymaking in America is about as enjoyable as a family holiday where only the drunk uncles show up and there is no food. And that was before America shut down. And then we had to handle school and work and housework, all the while remaining frontline workers, COVID-19 vulnerable and underpaid, always underpaid if we are paid at all. There is an even darker reality inside homes, and that's the inescapable reality of intimate partner violence, which experts report, like everything else, has been made worse in a pandemic. And you want us to give you babies? The only large boom in America in 2021 will be the sound of so many women breaking. Poetry snaps. Come on, Liz. Let them know, Liz. Come on. Go read that article, peeps. Go check it out. Okay. Thank you, Liz. Let them know, girl. You want us to have babies in this hot, funky mess? No. So those are just a few of the reasons, right, from a, from a millennial standpoint as to why this birth rate is low. Now I will speak as a black woman. 
<sighs> Black people have always been targeted in this country. Our lives do not matter to white America. We have always known that the system was created to keep Black people destitute and hopeless. This year and last year, America's ugliness towards Black people was put on display for the world to see again because it's been seen before. But this was a unique case when it came to George Floyd. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, so many others. Hearing these stories, witnessing these public executions of my people does not make me enthusiastic about motherhood. The thought of carrying and loving a life into this world only to have it cruelly ripped away is a devastating thought. The constant worry of whether or not I will live longer than my child makes motherhood sound like something I don't know if I want to do in this country. So those are just a few of my thoughts. Like if you want babies, then you have to create a society in which they can actually thrive and survive. You can tell how civilized a society is based on how they treat women, children, and the elderly. And clearly America has a very, very long way to go. We're going to take a little break and I'll be right back with my epiphany. I'm back with my epiphany. Don't really know how much of an epiphany it is, but here it goes. Um, Looking at this report makes it so clear just how much America and many parts of the world view women. The pressure that is placed on women to have and parent children is crazy. Women are solely responsible for maintaining human life, even though societal conditions make it incredibly hard to do that. The demand is there. Women are the bearers of humanity. We birth nations. The fact that we are not protected and celebrated in the way that we should is bewildering to me. Where are the men? Waiting for them to evolve is exhausting and honestly leaves the world in a state of peril due to their stupidity and fragile male egos. Perhaps this low population rate can serve as a wake-up call. If life is to continue, things must change. Sometimes people cannot be forced to change until they see that they are at risk of losing something really important. Women, let's continue to make our demands and say what we need. They want babies. Then that means prioritizing women, prioritizing our safety, our financial security, and our health. Prioritizing women means dismantling the patriarchy one piece at a time. 
perhaps this will serve as a catalyst for our evolution as a country or a global community. Maybe it's wishful thinking. (laughs) Who knows? We'll see what life after the pandemic will bring. But women, let's continue to say what we need and not be afraid to hold men accountable. Let's not be afraid to break tradition, to break down the walls that have left us confined. Unfortunately, a lot of our evolution and progress as a nation, as a country, um, comes down to us demanding certain changes and making sure that we do not silence our voices. Um, Women have been put in the unfair position of forcing our community, our country forward. Without our voices, without us demanding the change, without us saying what we need, things will not change. So let us continue to raise our voices. And like I said, we'll see what life after the pandemic will bring. So that's it, friends. Until next time, everyone stay safe, be well, wear your mask, and please social distance. (laughs) Peace. Hey friends, thanks for listening. Please tune in every other Monday for a new episode of I Am Epiphany. You can learn more about me, Bethany Epiphany, at bethanyepiphany.com or follow me on Instagram at beepiphany. That is B-E-P-I-F-A-N-I. Until next time, everybody, peace.